Hey everyone, welcome to Community Roots, a place that, where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield. And I'm just, you know, snuggled up, ready for Community Roots. It's raining outside and I got a coffee. Let's, let's do this. I'm ready to learn. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about reactivity or receptivity. We can often um, check in with ourselves as we talked about on deep breath on our first episode of that a couple weeks ago. Um, this idea of a check-in is being able to notice or become more aware, like what's coming up in me? How am I responding to something? Am I able to respond with receptivity or am I being more reactive and having a really strong reaction to something? So the idea of receptivity and being open to something is what Dan Siegel calls a river of well-being. So if you can imagine the banks of the river on the outside and flowing down the middle of the river is this sense of what we would also call the window of tolerance, but it's a river of well-being. That's where we can integrate and take in and we we feel within our window of tolerance that nothing is too much. We're able to kind of ride the waves of what's happening. Um, we feel flexible, adaptive, stable, at peace when we're riding in that river of well-being. And we would also call that our functional adult or our prefrontal cortex, those places that we feel in this green pathway, which is where we'll be headed to talk about in our next episode in a couple of weeks on the polyvagal theory. But Sarah, what are you wanting to share? It's well, so I'm wondering, you know, we talk about this, you mentioned this river of well-being and being flexible and adaptive and at peace and stable. Um, in the in that river, are we still experiencing bumps like rapids? Um, but that's but we are able to approach these things that would normally throw us out of the window window of tolerance we can approach them with flexibility adaptability yeah so there's still bumps things are happening or they're hard but we're more in a place from our prefrontal cortex we can observe them we can notice we can have that presence and the awareness but we also have access to our coping skills we're in our functional adult so we can keep our um nervous system pretty well regulated that we can go we can ride the waves so to speak instead of being kind of the window closes real fast and it's shut and we're suddenly pulled into the rapids like we're swept away by them because it's it's too much for us hey you guys must have met beforehand because i love the like visual that comes with this nature filled kind of, mm -hmm. you know, river of well being, you know what I thought, whenever we said, you know, reactivity, receptivity, mom, you're saying, you know, rigidity, too much, too many walls, you have too many walls up. And I wonder about, you know, whenever a river doesn't move, it gets murky, it, you mm. know, it gets mosquitoes and bugs like it can't properly mm. filter out what's going in. 
And then you have like no boundaries at all, right? You're just kind of given everything you got. You, you have no control. There's a flood, you know, mm. that's, that's just as catastrophic, just as damaging. And so I really, really like whenever we can connect things to nature and doing these, you know, deep breaths, whatever, because uh, I think it holds true. And I, I also see that, you know, maybe in times of uh, stress or when you're feeling the chaos or, you know, the reactivity to these extremes, you can go, okay, I'm flooding right now. Maybe I can find a way to kind of calm or cool in, or maybe as you're sitting in the corner of your office or in a thing going, hmm, maybe this river is plugged up. <laughs> I don't want to use that terminology, but, uh, but uh, maybe I should, you know, let things flow a little bit. I, I love yeah, that. this, this idea of flow and float, you know, mm. just being able to, I, what I picture as an image that comes with this as well is years and years ago, Samuel, see if you remember the memory, I'm sure you do, but, <laughs> um, we went to, uh, what was the name of the place? It was like, you could go on this, um, inner tube and float around was this the indoor pool lazy area? river yes yeah 100 i remember that it might be closed now but yes i remember that the lazy river the lazy river and just i can sometimes kind of tap into or remember that memory of just because they had it where you would just literally float in a law and it would keep the the water would keep flowing and you would just be right in the middle kind of bouncing between a little bit, but just this, and they did, they called it a lazy river. You didn't have to do much of anything, but flow and float. It's a good visual. I'm having a very strong visual of, you know, travel on a river and how a river is a journey. And if you become too rigid and like Sam was saying, you know, the river, you know, it's, it's gotten stagnant um, because it can't move it can't move a road away where it needs to erode away in order to continue on its journey you're stuck you can't go anywhere and then if you're on the flooded side you're going to get washed up on a shore and then as soon as the the waters recede you're going to be stuck on land you you, you're not progressing on your journey anymore and you know this river of well-being flexible adaptable at peace you know as you're navigating a river you don't want to go you want to you might have to stay within to stay. You want to stay with the current. You want to continue moving and be adaptable and flexible as to how the current changes and shifts and um, continue uh, with the flow. But also, you don't want to get stuck. You don't want to get stuck <laughs> either ashore after the floods recede or in the in you know against the walls. Exactly. You know, I wonder if we could talk about this and kind of you know ground it in its own way. Like, I mean, as we go through, like for you guys, what does a flooded river look like compared to, you know, a steady streamed river, like something where you're feeling good? Because I'll say, well, I'll just bring up what it brings for me, like with my ADHD and some things, it does feel like I'm kind of flying off the handles sometimes, or it might feel like, I'm getting stressed or my heart rate is increased for almost no reason because my fingers are in so many pies. I can't figure out, you know, what's actually going on, but I know it's different for everyone. I just figured I'd see what, or maybe you guys are more the rigid closed down type. 
So maybe you're like, ah, I know how the river feels when it stops. But at least for me, you know, that's what it feels like is it does feel like almost juggling or a state of per- perpetual falling, mm-hmm. um, you know. I like how you're checking in with your body and you're noticing how you experience the flooding. Like it, in, in essence, what you're describing is what it looks like when your window is narrow mm, or exactly. shutting and, and we can have two extremes or we've talked about flipped lids before, which is also Dan Siegel's work, but the idea of either extreme of wounded child or adapted adolescent is PM Melody's language, but it's either we're on one extreme of, of this chaos. There's a complete lack of control. It has no boundaries. That's our wounded child. Or on the other extreme, if you swing to the other side of the um, spectrum, we've got rigidity, which is too much control and perfectionistic and having walls, which is our adapted adolescent. And both of these are extremes. And like you said, Samuel, we can either flood and gush and have all these sensations and feel kind of maybe anxiously frazzled in whatever terminology you want to call it is, but it's more, um, gushing flooding, or we can swing to the other extreme, which is, this is just too much. And I shut down or I wall off or I go away. And both of them, if we're spending a lot of time in those extremes of wounded child, adapted adolescent chaos, rigidity, we're going to end up with a lot of impairment or disintegration as opposed to the integration of the healthy functional adult. So whenever we think in terms of symptoms or, you know, someone's feeling anxious or depressed, or they aren't functioning very well, or they have a certain diagnosis, all of that is a way of kind of conceptualizing or looking at how they are in one of those extremes instead of the river of well-being like that window of tolerance has gotten closed shut or it's narrowed a lot and things feel like they're too much so adaptively our nervous system responds in a way to keep us alive and protect us it's all based on survival the brain's job to keep us safe and to keep us alive we tend to often default towards I'm either going to flood and gush, or maybe I start to flood and gush, and then I shut down and I wall off because I recognize it. I think it's interesting that both forms of reactivity, whether it's chaos or rigidity, can be used as a tool to get our attention because Mm -hmm. they are on extremes. They're kind of loud. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. kind of big feelings even if they're the shut down feelings that if you're noticing, if you're doing your check-in, if you're paying attention, if you're becoming more aware and you're noticing, you can sense something on an extreme. It can, it can be used as a tool to say, Oh, it's still your body. yeah, Yeah. Your body's communicating something, whether it's on one side of that river or the other, it's like becoming more aware and noticing and checking in is saying, 
hmm, I wonder in general, which one am I more prone to or what do I default towards? Um, am I more activated in such a way that I, I feel so much anxiety and so much um, inner turmoil that I, I feel kind of out of control and it feels chaotic? Or does it feel like I need to be making sure everything is taken care of and I need to control it and I need to be perfectionistic and rigid and black and white because then I don't feel unsafe. You know, in a family of six people, I'm just like, boom, I can, <laughs> I saw this last week with graduation, how that worked out. I'm curious, you know, about those symptoms, if they are the same, whether it's rigid or chaos, like Sarah, for you, which one like pops out at you when, it, whenever you're looking at this, does one just go, uh, Oh, um, so as a child, I spent all my time in a Creek building dams. <laughs> so how interesting is I, that with this metaphor? Completely rigidity. Yeah. That is so my what does default. That feel like when, whenever you are feeling like what does that feel like in the day-to-day -day or kind of That's once you feel that? That's a great question. That's a great question, Samuel. Um, I feel very, uh, well, I, I want to control things. So how does that feel? Um, I didn't mean to throw you on the spot like that, but I'm no, curious with did, mine because... with like, <laughs> <laughs> we I should have to... a spotlight feature, you know, <laughs> that shows one of our faces. But. You know, it's just that I, I default to planning. Like, so say in the normal day to day, I'm a planner and I can plan, I can put way too much on my calendar, mm. but I've planned it out. So like, boom, 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 boom. This is all how it's going to work. And then when it doesn't, I get frazzled mm. and I'm like, no, we must fix this. And also I'm a fixer. I, anytime anybody has a problem, mm. I have to stop myself from solving mm. the problem. And I don't do, I know this about myself and I really struggle with making sure, with even trying to stop myself from fixing things. I have to cognizantly say to myself, you can't fix this or don't fix this. Just say, tell me more. Um, because I, I, want, I want to fix things and I get fixated on fixing things. <laughs> That's a good bumper sticker, sticker, fixated on fixing. I was curious though, because this is really interesting, because this brought me back to something that I think mom said before when we were talking about ADHD and we were talking about, and this was off podcast, this was just mom, mom and son talk. But basically, um, I forget, we were talking about emotions and how I was like, I don't really feel like talking, like we can just summarize it and move on. And uh, mom was like, maybe that's like a not wanting to work with it, like a fear of actually going in and sitting with the problem and kind of going, ah, sometimes like you're sad and what does that look like? And let's talk about that instead of like, I'm sad. Anyway, let's talk about tomorrow where it's going to be great. <laughs> you know, you're, you're completely avoiding the topic and you're kind of just shutting down in that way. Even mm -hmm. I can see how like a dam is like almost a conversation, a dam goes up, right. Where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I have the quick fix for that. So I can totally see that. And that's so funny as a kid, that you can make dams too. 
and I got really good once and I totally like I totally flooded this one area and the water got so stagnant and it was gross and I had grief in my soul that I had to dismantle my dam because it worked so well (laughs) Uh, but then the river could flow probably less mosquitoes and I couldn't control it yeah yeah I think probably at the root of either side is fear Hmm. you know I don't want to feel out of control so I can become rigid and keep my walls up, keep everything um, where I can predict it, plan it, be logical about it, or it's kind of flooded away from me and so big and chaotic that that feels scary. So like you kind of swing between both sides. Yes. And I think it's a way of one extreme coming in contact with another extreme. So as a rigid, like I put up walls when I come in contact with people who are chaotic mm-hmm. and that is how I handle those moments when, mm-hmm. when people have no boundaries and I'm like, whoops, I need more boundaries. That's and, absolutely right. And I'm sure when chaotic people, when they encounter people who are rigid, they try, maybe there's this idea of like, I need to be more. Well, there's almost like a desperation, like you're not with me. And so sometimes someone very anxiously attached is even more desperate to have someone notice or care, Mm -hmm. but the person who is avoidant or walled is thinking, wow, that's too much for me. I've got to pull back. So you've got this kind of going back and forth dynamic in our relationships. I think we need to explore this more. I agree. I think it's fun. I will say too, I wonder what you said, Sarah, with a line that was, I need to put up more walls when, or I need to put up more dams. I wonder if the lingo is like, I need to be aware of my walls or like be aware of my boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's less of whoop, throw it all up. And it's more like, ah, here I am again. Like almost that's where your hand goes over your own heart where you're like, ah, I'm not going to react to this. I'm going to just be aware this is where I end and they begin. It's funny. I just to talk about that hand motion again, one over your heart, one over forward. I do that now at work where somebody oh, will nice. walk away and or somebody's freaked out. I'll just like do a quick, like uh, I'm me, they're them. I don't have to let that affect me. And it works. It's crazy. Nice. How it works. I love that. And we're left with this cliffhanger because I'm curious what it was you were noticing at graduation with six different people and rigidity and chaos. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to leave it with the suspense. <laughs> mm. Just have to sit with it, Julie. I know. Be be curious about let's trail mix later or something and Ooh, tease that idea. one apart. I'm kind of curious about all of that. That's great. Yeah. There's a lot here. I'm excited for this. I think that, you know, well, maybe let's turn to the listener at this point, right? And say, and open up those questions. Like, what are Mm -hmm. you prone to? Mm. And what's your default? And what does that feel like? Mm. I would love to know. Yeah. We'll leave a pause here for you to talk. (laughs) Did anyone else make the hands? (laughs) What a great illustration, though, for us to consider and sit with. Like the river of well-being. How do we get back into our functional adult? and flow and float awareness well that's good stuff well cool nice that was a great episode y'all that was awesome um more to build on more scaffolding more layers that's this whole journey 
keep coming back to the deep breath too. In between our every two weeks, we're putting out community roots, whether that's um, unpack that or the trail the beaten path, <laughs> the other ones. <laughs> what did you say, Sarah? I don't know. I was just throwing one out there. I just trail hear, oh, trail mix. Yeah. It, whether it's one of those or if it's every other week, just a really um, simple one thought, just a couple minutes with deep breath, we're putting more things out there so that we can give ongoing support week by week. Yeah. And how you learn or how your friend learns, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's different. Even how we've discussed some topics sometimes, I feel, you know, we've been co hosts at this point for at least two years a year and a half. So at this point, you know, it's been cool because sometimes, you know, Sarah picks up on something. Sometimes I'll pick up on something. And then later on down the road, we'll be talking about the other thing now because we've just discussed it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, if, if you're somebody who normally learns by, yes, we've got guests, you know, it, when there's another person talking, then that's when I learn or when they bring their experience or perhaps it's that trail mix with that open-ended question. That's always good too. But um, I'm excited for these segments as well. And, you know, so if you haven't seen our new logos yet, definitely hop over to Podbean. If you go to communityroots.podbean.com, you can see all our new logos normally updating. And I promise you, I'm working on getting those to Spotify um, to other th platforms that you might listen to so that you can see these awesome logos by Alexander Wells as well. But, um, well, thanks as always for joining us, everyone. Um, I appreciate your time, Sarah and Julie. Thanks for joining me as well. Oh yeah. Yes, go team and listeners. We just want to hear from you. Agreed. Reach out. Every time you reach out, it makes our week. It really um, does start that conversation, but Anyway, y'all have a great rest of your day and uh, we'll be talking with you soon. Bye.